life is a creative act. We're creating all the time. It's not like creation isn't just painting a picture, although that's part of it. We're always co-creating our lives and there's always opportunity to make art and create if you're present to it, if you're out of your head and in the moment and you can get over those internal thoughts. Hello and welcome to Get the Idea podcast episode one. I'm your host, Lisa Horgan, and for episode one, my guest host is Chris Hingle. Hi, Chris. Hello. Chris is also my husband. Yes, I'm very grateful that uh, you you put me on as number one, the guest <laughs> number one. Well, I, I feel special. I needed the moral support and you are special. Um, I thought I'd start actually by just talking about the half an hour leading up to this call, because it's a big part, I think, of about what we're going to be talking about moving forward on this podcast and a lot about what I do in my work with my coaching, which is moving through creative blocks and learning how to express ourselves fully in this lifetime. So this past half hour, um, uh, Chris and I decided that we were going to record this podcast today. Um, and I've wanted to do a podcast for a very long time. I even remember, I think it was a couple of years ago, Chris, um, it was like New Year's Eve and your brother and, and girlfriend were over and we started setting some intentions for the new year. And I said, the first time I actually said out loud to people other than you, that I wanted to do a podcast. And I think that was like three years ago. Was that three years ago when they were over? I, it's, are you talking about when you were in the UK? We're in the UK, yeah, when they were over for New Year's. Yeah, that would have been 2018. Right. So that would have been 2019, like right before we moved. Right. So it's really interesting, isn't it, when you have something, you have like a desire to create something, but time can pass really quickly and all of a sudden you haven't started that thing. Um, so, yeah, I feel like this urgency now to do this and also to support my coaching. I think it's great to have a platform like this. I love podcasts. If I'm not reading, I'm listening to a podcast. Um, and so, yeah, we decided to do this thing. And then we've been kind of pottering around the house all day. And I said to Chris, I'm just going to take myself off in the office and I'm going to do a little meditation and get really aligned and uh, write a few notes about what we want to talk about in this podcast. So <laughs> I opened my book and started writing. And then all of a sudden, this like crazy uh, thing happened. My throat started tightening up. I started sweating a little bit. I started to feel kind of tension in my shoulders and in my neck, just as I was like writing the introduction. And I was like, okay, I got so caught up in my head about how I'm going to introduce myself, what I'm going to what I'm going to talk about first, uh, how am I going to define what I do? You know, I'm a health coach. I'm also a, now it's moved into more of a life coach. And me and Chris have been yoga teachers for like 10 plus years. And what that means and how that's, you know, helped with my coaching and like having to define myself and put myself into this box and then kind of put a label on it to kind of make it palatable and for people to want to engage and um, I got myself in such a tizzy that I thought I'm just going to walk out and tell Chris I'm not I'm not going to do it. 
we're not going to record it today, which is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you moved moved past that. I think that we we get we have to we have this thing where we define ourselves too much, right? Or we have to we have to make sense of whatever this is rather than just being. And and if you think about kids, you know, they just are and they just do things. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, with with you getting upset or not getting upset, but when you um started to second guess whether or not you wanted to do this podcast, um, you were making it too big, you know. You you're you're um I think we do that with a lot of projects, or you know something that we care about, Mm. you know, we want to get it perfect or we want it to be, um, we want it to match whatever we have in our heads or our expectations of it. And then that paralyzes us and we don't actually take action. Yeah. Yeah. It's the perfectionism. It's if it doesn't, and it's so important to us, you're right. It's the perfectionism. And it's like, it's so important and it's so it's all there in my head and I get excited about the idea it's kind of like your higher self knows that it's something you're here to do and it's really important and you can dream about it for a really long time it could be even years even like just this podcast or even before I started actively started coaching actually as well I remember thinking I think I'd be really good at it like holding space for people and and helping people, I'm really called to do it. But it took me a really long time to actually get in front of a person and have the courage to do it. And then when I started doing that, it's like, oh, okay, this feels really good. But it's that I think any creative project, if you're not taking action, it has the tendency to live in your head. And when it just lives in your head, it can become actually quite toxic. I know you've had a lot of experience with this, Chris. Chris is a I'd say that Chris is more of an um, outwardly creative person. Like if you want to just tell people what you've done in terms of like uh, how your life has been in relation to creativity like so far. I think I, I struggled with the same, same issue of defining myself rather than just, um, just embracing whatever self-expression was coming out at the moment, which is what I'm starting to do now. So, um, I guess, I guess my journey through creativity was through the visual arts, whether that be, you know, starting with illustration, moving into design, um, finding career in design and, um, and then moving with into painting and then, um, and then now writing and, and, and creating works that way but but um every phase of my creative journey um i would always feel like i had to define myself as something i am a x you know i am a i'm an illustrator i'm a painter i am a graphic designer I am now it's like oh am i a writer it's like instead of just being a creative and just and just just expressing yourself through whatever means feel right at that time, you mm-hmm. know, for you just even, even going into podcasting and and speaking and uh, communicating that way and expressing yourself through whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so 
just just to circle back to what you're originally were, were talking about, um, I think that the struggle is when we try to define the creative expression rather than allowing the creative expression just to be whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously society has a, has a big part of, you know, <laughs> help helping with that issue uh, or, or exacerbating that issue because we, um, we feel like we need to define ourselves, even in like your, in, even in like biographies or something, or, or, or like the little bios that you have on your social media profile. Mm -hmm. It's like, who are you? What do you do? And then and people, how many characters? Yeah. How many yeah. characters have I got to explain who I am? Exactly. And, and I think there are, uh, it's helpful to have those things, you know, if you're looking for something or if, if, you know, going into moving into commerce where, where somebody's looking for a designer or, or a writer or, or somebody to enter or a coach, you know, obviously you want to define yourself in those terms so that you can, uh, grow an audience or you can, um, be in that space. I think, I don't think that's what we're necessarily talking about. I think that what we're talking about is when we identify too much with what we're creating. And then when we start, when creatively we start to maybe move or pivot away from that, we start to question, or at least I would start to question. It's like, oh, am I just not an artist anymore? Am I not doing this anymore? Like, what, what, what am I, what am I, what am I doing rather than, oh, this is interesting. It feels fun to paint right now. I just feel like picking up the paints, you know, or, or, or I really feel like writing at the moment. Mm -hmm. Or like, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like, who, who, who are these labels actually for as well? Like, it's almost like we're looking for permission to be something and then we have to decide which aspects of creativity we're going to kind of follow which which path we're going to go down and then staying in that lane like defining that we have to fully define that lane then we have to stay in it to make sure that we can you know so when we're in conversation and we tell people oh what do you do oh I may fill in the blank and I know that you had trouble actually because you've been a painter graphic designer painter designer for such a long time and then when you're feeling called to write you kind of had that struggle of like, well, I remember you saying like, I'm not a writer. And then I was saying to you, but who are you, what, who, who's going to give you that permission? Like, who are you waiting to kind of tell you that it's okay now, Chris, you can be a writer, not a painter. You can put that different hat on, you know, it's like you're waiting for permission to be allowed to morph your creativity into a, into a different area. Yeah. You, you know, when we talk about um, ideas or specific concepts being seeds when, and, and they're not, they weren't necessarily planted by us. I know that um, one of the seeds of thought that, that I have comes from a conversation that I think, I don't know if it was a parent or a parental figure or some adult that was speaking to me when I was younger, 
um, that said the phrase jack of all trades, master of none. And then, and then, um, so if you think about that, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Um, to me, it seems like, oh, that's just an average person. Like that's somebody that will never, never break, break out of the average or break, you know, or, or it's, um, because then you read a book, like the one thing, and it's like, if you really want to master something and you want to become like successful in what you do, right. Then you have a certain amount of hours and that's the thing you want to focus your attention on. I think I've always struggled with that because I've been drawn to so many things in the creative space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had this voice in the back of my head that, that of the master of none thing, the jack of all trades. Like if you, if you go and you do all these things, you'll just be sort of mediocre at everything rather than excelling in something. Yeah. Which is just, it's that's rubbish. Yeah. It's just a seed that was planted some way a long time ago by somebody. And, and, you know, finally, like the, I don't know if it was this year or last year, or just, just starting to, to loosen the reins a little bit and, and, uh, just go down whatever path feels good. Yeah. Cause there's like, there's certainly an element of mastering your craft and, but only to the extent in which you're enjoying it. Right. Only to the extent in which you're finding joy. And if you're truly present with yourself, when you're in that act of creation, I think you can very easily decide whether you're doing it for outside accolade or if you're doing it because it feels right and it feels aligned in that phase of your life, like watching you from the outside, I've seen you go from a phase of being, you know, young Chris, the artist that would paint on walls in New York to Chris um, painting on canvases and then like losing that kind of spark for it and then moving into writing, I'd see you like really light up and get really involved in in that process so if you hadn't allowed yourself to play if you hadn't allowed yourself to branch out into that other area then you just would have been miserable yeah I was forcing I was forcing something it was like a specific ego or or a specific um like photograph of myself you know that that I was trying to fit to it's like, oh, I can't let go of that. I can't let go of that. And I don't know if it was because I can't let go of that because, oh, there was so much potential in that or whatever it was. But I I, I see what you're saying and and I, I feel that more. It's like, what are you, what lights you up? What what excites you? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's the thing that, that you can be. Because, you know, even when I was telling you about the, the one thing and the jack of all trades, you know, I thought to myself, well, you're, what if your one thing changes, you know, and it continuously changes as you evolve. And, but that's the one thing you jump into, you know, that human design thing you were talking about, um, about the manifesting generator concept. Um, when I was looking into that, it was, I saw that one of the, um, parts of that kind of personality type. Yeah. Talk about, really getting into something and going deep in that mm-hmm. and not necessarily going like fully deep where you become an expert. It really is like the jack of all trades. You go in to the extent that it excites you. And when it doesn't excite you anymore, you find something else to become your one thing. 
Yeah, using the excitement as the like barometer. Is the barometer is that the right word? Barometer. Yeah, um, using that excitement, it's like your inner compass, like the joy. We're so used to in the world that we live in right now, especially our generation. It's grown up in this kind of it's all about career and finding your one path and making money from it essentially, like finding security in what you do as a profession and sticking with it. Like I remember at school, it's like, you know, everyone remembers the career advisor where you go and it's like, okay, so, and if you're like a creative person like you and I both were, like it was art and drama and and maybe throwing English literature there because you know, that, that goes with that little group, I suppose, even though I wasn't that into English literature, but it's like you, again, if you go back to what we were saying at the opening of the podcast, talking about these labels and boxes, I think what I was struggling with before I hit record on this podcast was like, right, I have to find the right label and the right box, put myself in so I can make this legitimate thing so that I'm not wasting my time so that I can prove to people that this is, you know, a worthy thing to be doing and that I'm, I'm going to be good at it. And it's this like conditioning, I think, that we just get from school where we feel like it has to be a certain way. And actually it doesn't at all. And we've got to break out from all of that conditioning. And because once we do break out from all that conditioning, it opens up the world to like everything we always want, which is like, it leaves room for like synchronicities and surprises and um, excitement. You know, that's why I'm seeing a lot in my coaching. I mean, the people I'm coaching, it's just, they've lost that spark. They've lost that excitement because they just, they're so bogged down with, and you and I have been too, Chris, like over the years, like this is why we're really starting to step into our desire now to fulfill ourselves creatively, because it's so easy to get bogged down into the like, um, you know, logistics of life and the the things that we have to do in order to survive. And we we lose sight of how important it is to play, how important it is to be ticking that creative box, how important it is to be expressing ourselves in a way that makes us feel good. Oh, totally, totally. I was trying to find, as you're saying that, I was trying to find, um, I remember when you said labels and boxes, it was, Alan Watts was talking about that. Like it was one of the things he said that we live in this culture where, where we feel like everything that we do and everything that we see, we have to put a label on it and then put it in a box. Meaning it fits in, if the label will define whatever's in that box. And, but if you look out in nature, there are no labels or boxes. It's just things just are like, that's mm -hmm. the, I like the idea of like, um, that it's the squiggly lines and the round and the curved and everything's like moving organically. And then, but in human culture, we, we, we make things all straight and perfect. Yeah. And then and yeah. that's where the labels and boxes come from. Yeah. So. And then there's no, there's, there's not as much beauty in that. Like there's a reason why we're so enamored by nature and we love nature is because there's so much beauty in the, like the way it forms and the way it moves. And you're right. This, this structured linear boxed in way of living is just ugh, so yucky. <laughs> well, we're not doing that anymore. Right. No. No, but there's a, um, no, but it's balance, you know, because we do all have to live in a world where we have to take care of ourselves and feed ourselves and make sure that we're, you know, 
Um, we're doing all of those things, but we just have to make sure it's not the dominant part of us and that we're still kind of giving that space to ourselves to, to explore our creativity. Totally. Yeah. And you know, this feels in, in real time, if you're listening to this podcast, this is episode number one, and I already feel better. Um, the, the, the energy that was being produced in my body and the feelings I was having before I hit record were so intense. And now I'm talking like the feeling in my throat is relaxed, like that tension is gone and the tension in my shoulders are gone and I'm softening a little bit more because I'm just allowing the energy to come out. And that's all it is. When you're feeling stuck, it's really good to think of it as like all it is is stuck energy wanting to be expressed. Yeah, I think there's there's two things. Well, for me, it's that it's it's the stuck energy needing to be expressed, and it's and it's asking it's asking for some sort of expression, whether that be like this, what we talked about, anything, any of the the creative outlets, right, or even just working out. It just it needs something needs to come out, right? Then then I think from a publishing standpoint there there's another layer of stress because for 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 me at least and I'm, I'm sure this is is lots of people experience this where you're creating something and then you're going to put it out into the world and then it's oh yeah let's not even go there yet <laughs> you know what i mean no i mean i know that maybe maybe you won't put this out or whatever but but i think about it often where i'd love to keep working on getting to a point where um, I can just allow myself to be like, a, go back to that childlike nature where uh, if I'm speaking and I say a word that doesn't quite fit the context of what it is, I'm not embarrassed. I'm more so somebody can, can correct me and I'll say, oh, okay, interesting. I didn't realize that. Okay, now I do. Like learning but, but, you know, seeing that we're in this like culture now where it's like, you can't make any mistakes at all mm -hmm. or you will be canceled. You know, it's like, it gets, it gets nerve. You feel nervous. Yeah. And again, that comes back to like, it can, if you allow it to, you can become paralyzed by it. And we are in this culture now, like cancel culture and everything is recorded and everyone's got an opinion about everything. And if it's not, if, if they disagree, they will tell you that they disagree. And like, it's it's sad that you know it's a hard thing to overcome like nobody likes to be like attacked nobody likes to hear someone else say oh I don't agree with you it feels uncomfortable right but we have to I think we're in a time now where we have to just prioritize expressing ourselves speaking our own truth even if it goes against mainstream narrative even if it upsets some people like being able to express yourself and then just letting go of the fear around how it's going to be received. And it's an easy thing to say, and it's a hard thing to do in, um, in practice, but it is a practice, I think. Mm -hmm. And I, and I do think the more you do it and the more you just put things out and the less you obsess about, you know, all the amazing creatives talk about this. I'm reading Rick Rubin's Creative Act book at the moment. And, it, you know, that he touched on it as well. This whole thing of like one, once he creates something, his business is in the act of creating. 
once it's out in the world, he wants nothing to do with it because mm-hmm. that's actually not the part that matters to him. It, it's the being able to create. And I think right now, culturally, in this online space and people are creating, they've kind of got that backwards. It's like you see a lot of people like being looking, worrying about how it's going to be perceived. And so then self-editing before they even put it out. And it's creating this really messed up kind of energy of, you know, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. And and, and what I'm trying to like bring back to a practical explanation of something in my life where where because I've been, I've had like the designer hat for so many years, um, I find that I'm I'm able to do that with design. I'm able to to create something. I enjoy creating it, and then when it's done and I pass it along and it's published or is sent out, I can forget about it. It's like right. that thing of of, but but then there's other things. Maybe that is where you have to put in those hours. You have to put in those hours to really appreciate. Oh, this is really fun. And I'm creating. I'm creating. I'm creating, and then see if you can emotionally disconnect from that and say okay now I'm going to share this out I'm going to like let it have a life of its own I'm going to put Mm -hmm. it out there and then I'm going to forget not forget about it but move my attention onto the next thing that movie we saw was it was a tick tick boom Mm -hmm. where he he, um he did he did that whole performance and he spent like all the time and then and then he was like what what's next what what do we do next he's like write the next one yeah if you go back explain that a bit more if someone hasn't isn't aware of it like when he said what's next what meaning yeah yeah so 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 um the movie tick tick boom um i'll look and see okay so i can actually say who who the who was written about um based on the autobiographical uh autobiographical musical of playwright jonathan larson mm-hmm. so and jonathan larson was the, the the creator behind Rent. Um, and so, but there was a movie, really good movie, Andrew Garfield starred in it. And um, he, this character, Jonifer Larson, he he created uh, his first, it was like his first um, play. And um, he had put so much into it. And then he had brought, like, it was it was a big performance. And, and what, do, what do you call those performances where, where it's like you have... Um, people in the audience that might actually be able to do it. It's like, you're, you're performing for somebody. You're um, it's not like an audition, but it's more of a. Yeah. You have all of the people in the industry coming yeah, to yeah, industry come there. And then, so everybody's, everyone's there. And then, uh, so it's a big thing for him. He, he does it. And then his expectations, I suppose, were great. I'm going to, I put all this effort in and now. This uh, is going to be the thing. This, this is going to be the thing that launches my career. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then. He, he did it and then like, apparently the agent like didn't get back to him or or she called and he, and he or he eventually talked to her and he's like, great. So what, and then she said, people loved it. This is great, but buddy, people loved it. Uh, so, and then he's like, well, what, what's next? Like, what do we do? Like, am I going on Broadway? Am I doing something? She's like, what's next is, well, you start working on the next one. <laughs> Which in the in the at the point in the movie when she talks about it is like ah oh, because you go through this journey with him and you watch him you see like his relationship break down you see like all this gnarly stuff happening in his life like everything is sacrificed up to this point like this is this massive massive thing this is his body of work this is like 
the big breakthrough, right? This is going to define him essentially. It's like his feeling was like, this is what is going to make me. And this is, this is my everything. Mm -hmm. And then she says that, but that, that was, it's really cool because then he does go back and he keeps writing and, um, yeah, and he, he that is what it's to be, what what it is to be a writer, to be a creator. It's just to be in the act of creating, I think, and it being part of your life. And there are lessons to be learned in that as well, because you don't have to sacrifice your own happiness. You don't have to be as brutal with your relationships to kind of, you know, put all of your eggs in this basket. Like this is the most important thing. So everything else has to kind of fall away. There's there's definitely a lesson in that there's a way that you can navigate your life to su support it so that you can sustain yourself because I think he just got to a point of burnout then didn't he and then he backed up and then that's when he started writing rent I don't yeah, know well they also was. said write about what you know uh yes remember because he was writing this like crazy epic thing to make something amazing and and which was really cool but then one of the um suggestions the advice that he got was write what you know from your life. And then that's when he went around and then he started to see like the AIDS pandemic and his friends and everybody in New York City. And, and that's when he he wrote that story about the stuff mm -hmm. that was happening around his life. And I think we can take that and we can say, um, now is, is, is like, it's always now anyway, right? But now is like the perfect time for everybody to, to sort of look around, take inventory, see what makes you feel certain ways and then and then create from that space create from your personal experience yeah that reminds me actually of something that um our friend anto said actually when i think it was like 8 months into the pandemic and um he's a he's a director and he was doing a um He's doing like, I think he's doing Instagram live, which is very unlike him, but I think it was the height of, he, he's a director of Peaky Blinders. And so it was in the height of like everyone going crazy for Peaky. So they were asking him a question. I've forgotten what the exact question was, but I do remember his answer. And his answer was just pick up a camera right, right now, you know, just pick up a camera and start documenting. If you want to be like a filmmaker or a director or whatever, like now is the time because like, everything are right this is a crazy time right now but I suppose it's always a crazy time like you can always like life life is a creative act <laughs> life is just like mm -hmm. and we're, yeah. we're, we're creating all the time it's not like creation isn't just painting a picture although that was, that's part of it like we're always co-creating our lives and there's always opportunity to make art and create if you're present to it if you're again like I think if you're out of your head and in the moment and you can get over those internal kind of thoughts of I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy or what am I here to do or um you know maybe there's nothing here for me there's always something there for you and there's always something because life is just it's just fucking gorgeous there's always something so yeah, that really stood out what he said. It's like, just be in it, be in life, be in the moment and just go create whatever that looks like to you. Whatever yeah, because the question was probably something along the lines of how do I get started or what do I do? It's yeah. like, just start, start. And and if you go to like our the spiritual 
aspects of of life or things that we follow it's it's like well you're here in this in this moment in time you know like mm-hmm. this this is your moment of time and this is like the story that's being crafted around around us all right mm-hmm. so it'll never happen again exactly the way it's playing out right now ever yeah so it's like this so take what you can from your life now and and use your creative expression, use your voice, be inspired by the things that are around you. Mm -hmm. And if you have that, you know, if you're listening to this now, like, you know what it feels like, because the thing is, if you've got something inside you that wants to be expressed and you're not expressing it, it starts to become quite painful. Yeah. It feels like shit. It does. You, you, and even if you're not aware of what that thing is, you are aware of feeling shitty. And a lot of the time it is down to just there's something that you're blocking through fear, but whatever reason it is, you have to kind of spend the time looking at that and figuring out what that is. But, you know, bring, just bringing awareness to it and creating space in your life for it to, to kind of come out and be expressed is really, really important because I, I believe that, creativity unexpressed is is one of the most toxic things and you'll see it and it'll affect all aspects of your life if you're not paying attention to it and nurturing it you did say something interesting to me the other day though you were talking about um the first thing the most important thing is to take care of yourself because that's Mm -hmm. the vessel like that's the container in which we are um downloading that creative energy Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if we're off balance or if we're not giving ourselves or nurturing ourselves and giving ourselves what we need, how can, how can we be of service to the creative expression that's going mm-hmm. us? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say like, first and foremost, you've got, um, so Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So if you haven't heard of that before, you've got, uh, um, I don't even know his full name, but Maslow, look it up. You can Google it, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's basically, it's a triangle and you've got your basic needs and then like different layers. So you obviously, you're not going to feel your most creative or wanting to like put something out into the world if you're in like a country that's like in complete conflict or war-torn. You're not going to feel creative when you put something out if you're sick in a hospital bed um you know you've got your basic needs first you want to make sure that you're healthy and that you're thriving and there's a there's a scale to that you know um but most of us who have food and shelter and most of us that are living in this world and we're okay for those basic things then you get to this level of okay if I'm feeling generally low-key shitty am I feeding myself the right things am I um spending enough time in nature am I uh, consuming too much technology am I hanging out with the wrong people like lots of negative people like you can start to look at different aspects of your life and see all the external and and do a check on how you're feeling physically and you have to make sure that the self-care there is, is, is in place first and foremost too, because that can be, that will block creativity for sure. Um, if you're, um, if you have behaviors like numbing behaviors, like, you know, drinking and smoking and um, 
video games, uh, do all of those things that are kind of distractions. Again, you're not going to feel creative because you're not creating space in your life for those things too. So. No, totally. And that that's, uh, it was Abraham Maslow. And, mm-hmm. um, and break, just breaking it down, I think the five, it, it was like psychological needs, like what you're saying. Uh, mm-hmm. which is the basics, air, water, food, shelter, that kind of stuff, clothing. Then safety needs like personal security, like feeling like employment. Again, so yeah, the other thing is like, if you are in a relationship, a non-supportive relationship or an abusive relationship, like again, like that needs to be addressed first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Psychological, safety, love and belonging. So friendship, intimacy, family connection, then it starts to move into when you have those basic things, then we can start to actually create things because then esteem is next, like having the respect or status or recognition and then self-actualization, the desire to be, you know, the most that you can be. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what I, I took it back when I was, when I was struggling, even just recently in the past few months, um, I really had to take it back down to, um, love and belonging and esteem for myself. Like the the idea of um, not only like love from my family, but, but for myself, Mm -hmm. I think that was the the main thing. It's like, okay, Chris, like turn, turn in, start to get out of your head, move into your heart. What do I want? Can I also look at myself with compassion and then try to take care of myself more? And to, to respect my needs and to respect like, okay, are you actually taking care of yourself? Are you, are you allowing enough downtime? Are you sleeping enough? Are you, you know, eating food, proper food? Are you exercising? Are you actually like, you know, clearing this, this vessel, you know, (laughs) or like, like making it so that I'm, I'm the best that I can be, or when I show up in all aspects of my life. I can be present and then I can, I'm not holding any resentment towards anything. Mm-hmm. And then I'm allowing myself to be so that I can then create because creation is, is like the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to set up all of the, the base and the foundation and make sure that, that, that basis that is like is, is fertile, right? The soil is fertile. Everything's ready for it so that you can then grow into something and create something. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, for sure. I mean, you do have that stereotype or archetype of the tortured writer, though, as well, don't you? Like, I think that's an old, outdated kind of person that drinks too much and and uh, sits in a dark room and writes and um doesn't really have any relationships and and all of those things I mean there's definitely ways you can push through that self-care aspect and still create like the tortured artist Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't recommend it (laughs) yeah I know I know when I was in my early 20s um I thought that was the the way to that I thought that's what I had to do I thought that if I was going to be a creative person or a successful artist I had to like be this hermit that sacrifice uh, I had to sacrifice everything else yeah Mm -hmm. you know because I was like reading I remember I was reading like the Andy Warhol uh autobiography and and it was like okay so I just have to 
be obsessed with my art and, and, and push everything else away. And it was like, Oh my God, I don't really want that. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I know, I know that they, that, that that's just a, definitely a stereotype. Yeah. I mean, I get my most creative ideas when I'm um, physically moving my body. When I go yeah. to, yeah, when I go to our, our local gym, we do this like really intense boot camp, and also I do the cycling as well. But like when I'm like really in it, <laughs> I'm like, I wish I was able to have like a notepad there or whatever because I get like so many ideas that come through, bursting through my head, and then I have to kind of like frantically write them down afterwards before they flitter off and I forget about them. But yeah, it's definitely when I'm taking care of myself. It's definitely when I'm in a practice of being out of my head and into my body. Um, and there are so many different ways you can do that as well. Um, getting out of the head, like, you know, there's breathing exercises you can do, like working out, moving the body, sweating is, is another really powerful one. Um, yeah, because I think that, I mean, that shows that we spend a lot of time in our head, left brain style logistics and and um, almost secure, not security, but survival. You survival know, mode, yeah. But then there is, comes a point in time where that needs to be shut off. And then when that is shut off or not even shut off, it's just more of like quieted, the yeah. other side of the brain can come up. And I, I just had the vision of um, one of those like garden hoses that was like pinched. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you turn the water on, there's not much coming out, but then if you can actually like extend it and open it and, and then clear and on the unblock it, the water starts to, to flow. flow. Yeah. And that's exactly. Like that's what we want. Yeah. We want, we want flow, creative flow. That feels really, really good. Anyway. So I think we should wrap it up now. Great. Cool. Look at that. First podcast. Like. Completed. Tick. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> How'd that feel? Good, good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, we're pretty much doing what we do on a daily basis, just having conversations like this. But it's it it certainly adds a different dimension to it when you record it with the intention of sharing it with people. But um, I think, yeah, I think this will get a bit more become more second nature over time. But it felt it felt fun actually. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa, for inviting me on as your first guest. <laughs> You're welcome. Great to have you. And um, maybe uh, I'll have you on again someday. That would be so exciting. <laughs> I, look forward, I look forward to it. All right. Thank you so much. See ya. See ya.